0: This episode of the Behind the Diamond Podcast is brought to you by McRae's Tavern. CEO Scott McCray just opened up his newest location in the East Cobb area and has one of the up-and-coming restaurants. Great wings, great food, and a great time. Make sure to stop by McCray's for a great night out. This episode is also brought to you by the Walton Sports Media Club. We took a little hiatus from the podcast, but we're back today with another episode that I think you guys are going to find very fun we're going to preview the walton raider football game versus roswell tomorrow night Uh, and i have on my broadcasting partner uh trip smith fellow senior at walton Uh, and it was a really fun one and i'm looking forward to sharing it with you guys so without any further ado let's go I'm, podcast. I'm your host alongside my broadcast partner, Trip Smith, and today we're going to bring you some pregame coverage for your Walton
1: Raiders. Trip, thanks for coming on with us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Uh, can't wait to talk some Walton football.
0: All right, I wanted to get uh, into the loss a little bit from uh, last game first. Uh, as we all know now, the Raiders lost at West Forsyth High School two Fridays ago, 24-21, to but I thought they had some positives to take away from the game that they can carry over. First of all, West Forsyth is no slouch themselves. They competed with a really nice Cartersville team who's always solid earlier in the season, and... Uh, they played a great game on Friday. Uh, now let's get into what the Raiders did well in that game. Uh, as we've seen now kind of at every level, um, of the football season, high school, college, NFL, I'm sure a lot of people are watching now with the virus. Um, every team needs good depth. Uh, you can have all the stars you want, but without depth, you're not going to go very far. And the Raiders had a slew of injuries two weeks ago that put some of their depth up front and, uh, Tested, tested him out um, against a really strong Forsyth team. So I wanted to break it down and go over some of those uh, players that really kind of broke out last week. First, let's talk about sophomore running back Braylon Stokes. Uh, I don't think we can refer to him as depth anymore because he's uh, started every game since week one uh, due to another injury in the back, uh, backfield. Um, and he's really stepped up in those games. He had the 100-yard game against Cal um, he has had touchdowns in every week, I think. And uh, last Friday, he looks like the best player on the field. What did you see that excited him? Uh, you uh, from him on Friday, Trip?
1: Yeah, I thought, I thought Brayden ran the ball extremely well. You know, 100 yards on 20 carries. He's very efficient, and you know, obviously five yards a carry. But what I was really impressed with was his ability you know, to catch the ball out of the backfield, make some, some key blocks, do some other things that you need from your running back uh, to have a really good team. Uh, you know, anytime a running back can be an efficient pass catcher, that's going to add another dimension to your offense that makes you extremely hard to cover. Um, and, then, you know, anytime you have a running back that has 164 total yards and two touchdowns, you're going to be successful. You're going to give yourself a chance to win. And, you know, I thought Braylon played extremely well. I thought he's played well all year when he's been healthy. He's been – I think he's been a really, really good running back. And But I thought Braylon – you know, I thought he played super well. I thought he was very efficient. Um, you know, I think he helped out his quarterback too because you saw Jeremy. Always good for a quarterback to have a running back that they can – you know, fall back on, have a check down too. And, you know, Braylon with that explosive 64-yard touchdown. But, uh, you know, he, he's a great player, and I thought he played really well against West sight
0: Something that uh, really surprised me from Braylon this year, I I knew about him obviously coming into this year. For those that don't know, he was on the freshman team last year in six games. He had 25 touchdowns, which is really impressive. So I knew he was going to be the backup on varsity, but I thought he did need that lead back to kind of, take some carries away I didn't think he would progress uh as far as he already has one thing that jumps out to me is that uh a lot of stuff you see on the Raiders is just they're really physical they don't go forward a lot on the offense or they only go forward on the offensive line rather there's not a lot of motion there's not a lot of pulling from what I've seen so far and that's going to open areas where you've got one-on-one in the hole and you're going to have to jump cut outside and that's something that uh Braylon has done really well, in my opinion. There were a couple of times where I thought he was going to be stopped for no gain on Friday or negative gain, and he turned it into, you know, four or five yards. And while you always want the big breakaway run, you know, 99% of the time that's not going to happen. So turning those short yardage plays into nice pickups for the offense, like you said, it helps your quarterback. But uh, it really shows uh, what him and Coach Dylan Turner, the running backs coach, did in the offseason. And also where Kenny took him um, – being a leader in that backfield you know they're the only two true running backs on the team uh so far so really promising stuff from braylon and uh my favorite calls from the game one of my favorite calls was that little play that you referenced um where they swung the wheel route out of the backfield and he got that 64 yard touchdown
1: Um, yeah i mean great play by him you know he he gets his hands up ready for the ball and you know he, he made a great catch one move and he was gone
0: yeah, it was really impressive. The way he high-pointed it, too, you know, Jeremy throws that ball right where it has to be. And uh, I talked about it a little in my breakdown, if everyone uh, has seen the play. So they have a slide protection right, and they have wide receivers stacked on that side of the field. So everyone's going right, including the defense. So, you know, a nice little fake to the right side. Everyone's going that way. They play action it. Braylon sweeps out of the backfield, and it's one-on-one. He goes up and high points the ball. But one thing I talked about with someone uh, pretty close after the game was, when are we going to start talking about uh, offensive coordinator Chris Hirschfield as one of the best in Georgia? He's had great calls in every game, I think, and that was just another one to add to a long resume.
1: Yeah, sometimes you look at this Walton team and you're like, man, this team looks to be, you know, maybe a little bit undersized, doesn't have the, you know, the, the size to compete with these defenses, that every single week they come out and they have creative plays. You see that all the time, some trickery, some stuff that, you know, some off formations. And that's something that you got to give credit to Coach Hirschfield for. I mean, he, he's clearly doing the best with the, you know, he has great talent, but I think he maximizes that talent. And, and you know, you've seen a lot over the past few years of all the recruits we've had come out of Walton. I think he, he's done a, a great job. And, with this offense every single year, uh, in, in my opinion he 's one of the best, like you said
0: the thing that jumps out to me is it 's easy for us to go look back at the game and say oh that 's why this scenario changed that game on offense but when i'm like when i 'm sitting there it's kind of it 's kind of confusing as to what he, what his goal is, what he 's trying to do, and then when the result happens, it looks good, and they jumped out to that. 14 to zero lead early largely because you know he has that freshman quarterback in there he was calling plays you know like we said they handed off to Braylon a ton to start the game and then he was kind of moving the pocket a little bit with Jeremy almost forcing him outside because he knows the talent that he has um to hit some of those easy throws and uh, that was a really great sequence from him I thought and a nice way to open the game so let's talk about the freshman Jeremy Hiklinski, uh, right now so zach rosman was out with an injury um i talked with zach it wasn't anything serious and not exactly sure when he's going to be back he knows that better than anyone else but it thrust jeremy into the starting spot one day before kickoff um they literally uh made the decision on that front uh on that thursday rather um to insert jeremy into the spot and have zach sit and uh
1: jeremy played really well i thought yeah, that's good yeah i thought I thought Jeremy played really well. I thought he played better than the stat sheet showed. Um, You know, two of those picks that he had, you know, they were not 100% on him. One of them was a hit ball. One of them was, I think, uh, a miscommunication on a route. Um, And I thought he handled a very tough environment well for a freshman. Uh, Obviously, he's, I'm sure he's disappointed in the loss, but it's great for him to get some starting experience, to get put into action. You know, like you said, one day before the game, uh, he's told he's going to be the starter. So, you know, short notice, I thought he played really well. And um, you know, always good to have two quarterbacks that can come in. You feel like you can win with, which I'm sure Coach Hirschfield feels like you can win with those guys. Um, and I think it has Walton has some of the best QB depth in the region, and they proved that uh, against Western like, despite the loss. The
0: maturity from him is one thing that really jumps out to me um, from him. I saw him in summer workouts this year. You know, freshmen when they first get there, they're really excited to be there. They're just excited to be playing high school football but i could tell there was something a little bit different uh from him he was dialed in from the start and then you get to that game on friday he controls the highs and he controls the lows you never want to get too high or too low in football because generally the next thing that happens isn't going to be good if you let allow yourself to feel like you're the man or that you're nothing and uh my favorite thing from the game from him was okay following that last drive um he goes over uh, the game's almost done you know there's 30 seconds left uh no timeout so they're just going to kneel it down but he's already looking at the ipad looking at what he can do better even though all things considered i thought he was very very good i thought he had one ball to stone mcknight Uh, into the corner of the end zone that was super high level that you you don't see out of some seniors so i thought he had a really nice game all things considered and i know that the raiders feel that they have two quarterbacks zach and jeremy that they feel they can win with and they can make a deep push with but i want to get into a little bit of this defense trip because like we mentioned uh the raider defense was set up with some short fields uh, on friday night they held them 24 points uh actually it was 17 points because uh the Raider, or the rather the West Forsyth offense, returned um, a ball for a touchdown while they were on defense. So they hold him to 17 points while forcing four turnovers. I was really impressed. Uh, you know, they won the turnover margin, um, despite having a freshman quarterback in there, which says a lot about Jeremy. It also says a lot about that defense.
1: Yeah, defense played lights out. I mean, the secondary just looked top tier, looked really good. Marcus Allen played really well. Austin Elder plays well. You know, all the guys play well. You can, you can go down the list, talk about everyone who played well. But, you know, I, I thought the defense, you know, if your defense holds a team to 17, I mean, you're going to win, you know, 90% of those games. And, you know, just some unfortunate things that happened in that game, like we talked about the pick six. But, you know, the defense was set up. I, I mean, watching that game, they were set up. So it felt like every single drive, West Virginia was starting in great field position or starting inside Walton territory. And, you know, they either held them. They got a turnover, like you said. They held them to a field goal. So I thought, man, I thought the defense played lights out. And this defense seems to only be getting better as the season's going on against really tough competition. Um, you know, the D-line looks sometimes like it was, you know, maybe a little bit gas, But, you know, overall, I thought the defense, you know, that, that was probably, I would say, their best game overall so far um, against West Forsyth. I'm
0: totally there with you. And to outsiders that maybe aren't in the Walton community a ton, they only know about – that uh, star I said at secondary, you know, they got all the offers in the offseason that got a lot of the attention, but uh, one of the realities of football is you have to have a D line. And while we talked about um, they were tired at a little point uh, at some points on Friday, and that's because West Forsyth did a nice job drop, drop of controlling the football and uh, keeping the football for extended periods of the game. I thought that they were a big reason they're in that because the D line consistently collapsed the pocket. Um, they have so many players that, our specialists, and just get after the quarterback, stop the run, and make it uncomfortable. It felt like every single time you have someone coming off the edge, flushing the quarterback out of the pocket for West Forsyth. I was super impressed um, from them. And then the linebacking core has – it was probably the biggest question mark on the team coming into the year. Not that much experience. I think they only had one starter return from that group. uh, And they were uh, one of the primary agents in that too. They forced a ton of turnovers. I think there are at least two fumbles – forced by linebackers. Um, so I think the front seven played very, very well. Um, in addition to the secondary, as we already talked about, we already know how good they are.
1: Yeah, I think it's big, especially for a defensive line, to have rotating depth, have guys that you can you can plug in and out so that guys can get rest. And I think mean, that's what Walton has. And I, I think that was a big reason. You know, they, the, the running back for West Forsyth is one of the best. I forget his name. I think it's Sofani. He's a Navy commit, really good player. Um, but I thought Walton did a pretty good job containing him. He had a couple of explosive runs, but I think the D-line, you know, especially it has some guys that you can sub in and out and feel good about, feel good about your chances of winning. And, and they made that quarterback for Western side very uncomfortable. Uh, I think for some of those, some of those turnovers, the D-line, you know, they talk about coverage, you know, coverage sacks, the secondary got, got some uh, stops and the D-line got to the quarterback and then vice versa. The D-line gets to the quarterback forces some interceptions So you know, the defensive line played really well, the defense overall played really well, and, you know, if the defense plays like that the rest of the season, Walton's going to be a really tough team to stop.
0: So now you're, you've lost two games in a row, but the one thing that was apparent to me, last season, um, you had a similar start to the year. They were two and three after their region games, or non-region games, rather, and then they go, they're two and two right now, so they could either end up three and two after Friday or two and three, so it's, similar starts where they are. But I feel like the teams are a lot different for uh, uh, a lot of reasons. And one of them is experience. And the experience translates to confidence. Most players on this team now have a year of starting experience, where last year, almost no one had a year of starting experience. And you could tell on the sideline, people were yelling, people were talking, there was a lot of communication. And that really impressed me about this team is that No matter what the score was, no matter if they just scored a touchdown or no matter if they just let up a touchdown, they're always peddled to the metal, and they fought until the last draft of that game.
1: Yeah, this is a team – I don't know if this is just me, but from what I can tell, I feel like last year, you know, they stepped onto the field, and it was like – it felt like it was going to be an uphill battle a little bit. You know, Walton had a good, talented team, just really young. Some guys that hadn't played a lot, like you said. This year, it almost feels like they have an air of confidence about them. They're a little bit more – you know, they're obviously a lot more experienced. You know, they have guys that, you know, are a little bit better size. And I just think this team is, is, you know, same record as last season at this point. But the two losses, it almost feels like, you know, you could easily be sitting here at 4-0. And, and you know, I think these guys have some confidence. And, uh, and I think it's a much better team than last year just based on experience. So I'm excited, man. I think this is a, a really good team. And I think the 2-2 two two start is not necessarily indicative of how this team's played so far. No it's not
0: and I'm not a big uh, Georgia high school playoff seating guy. I don't really understand everything but from everything I'm hearing from everyone the non-region games don't really matter. It's more to just get experience under your belt and uh, Coach Bruner's scheduled some tough games this year and they've shown up to play in all of them. They haven't been in any blowouts yet um, that they've been on the receiving end of and uh, they played really well so far. Um, Brookwood and West Forsyth, it could have gone either way. You know, you like to think, okay, if this had gone differently, this had gone differently, we came away with the win. But that's football. So they're going to regroup, and they're going to head to Roswell High School this Friday. So let's get ahead to this upcoming week, uh, I guess, one day from now because we're taping this Wednesday, uh, a little bit after lunchtime. Uh, this will go up Thursday. So one day from now the Raiders are going to travel and take on the Roswell Hornets um, in their at Roswell in the last non-region game of the season. And to me, there's always been kind of a rival feeling between these two teams. They were in the same region for a long time. And they've had some great games between each other. So while a lot of people may think the main rivals, you know, Pope and Lassiter uh, a long time ago, it was Wheeler. I think Roswell's high up on the list um, just last year. Uh, we saw a great overtime finish game. Roswell won 14 to seven it was hard fought all the way through this year, Roswell sits at three and0 and they steamrolled all their opponents so far. they're scoring no less than 37 points in each game and I think their lowest margin of victory I could be wrong on this. I think it's 29. Uh, to me trip this game is going to come down to the Walton defense versus the Roswell offense like we said the Roswell offense has been humming they're really balanced Uh, I like the mix between the run and the pass they've gotten some great yards from both gotten the production from both when they need it and the Walton defense we already talked about they faced some of Georgia's best competition and came away with a really good performance
1: yeah I mean it feels like to me, Roswell, every single year that I've been at Walton and, and when I was watching the games when I was in middle school and elementary schools, Roswell's just, I mean, every single year they have—they just have dudes. Like, they just have guys that are going to come out there and play, and they're just a good team every year They're well coach. Um, but like you said, you know, this defense for the versus this Roswell offense is going to be the key. And, you know, like we talked about, you know, 17, allowing 17 points. If you hold Roswell to, to 17 in this game, you're giving yourself a, a great chance to win this game, no matter who plays quarterback for you. So I think what you said is 100% correct. If this secondary can keep up this high pace, you know, the way they've played and, and the D line can get some pressure on that Roswell quarterback. I think, I think all will have a great chance, just like they will in any game. But like you said, Roswell's a very well oiled machine. They have a great offense. They have very, very balanced offense. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough t- challenge for for Walton, but, you know, nothing they're not, not up to. And you know, they've already played a great team in Brookwood and, and this is just another great team. And, I'm sure Coach Bruner is excited for this one. So the guys are getting ready. Big rivalry game. You know, every year it comes down to the wire. I remember a couple of years ago at Walton, you know, that heartbreaking loss and last year, loss in overtime. So, you know, I'm sure the Raiders want to get some revenge on the, on the Hornets this year.
0: Uh, I feel like when you're approaching a football game, one of the underrated things is mindset when you go in. And that can be cliche. A lot of people talk about football mindset. They don't really think it's real but uh to the contrary it definitely is and i think the bye week uh really helped them cuz you know if they play Roswell last friday so about 6 6 days ago uh, i think the mindset's a little different headed and they put some distance between uh the two game losing streak and uh now i think i think the mood in there is they're, they're hungry. They're ready to go in there. They're ready to compete, um, and they're ready to kind of silence uh, some of the Roswell talk. You know, Roswell has played very well against them. Uh, we talked about last year. They beat him. It was a big, reaching game. Uh, a couple years ago, I think there was a blocked field goal or extra point, and that, like, separated them from – winning the region and Roswell winning the region. Uh, So there've been some great games. I don't see any reason why two games from now is not going to be. Um, And there's always targets when you go into these games. You know, Coach Ewing I talked about uh, with at the beginning of the season, he said every game the target's to hold them below 17 points, whatever uh, whatever that may be. Uh, If I were to put a target number of points – for the offense, just as a spectator to win the game, I know Coach Hirschfield's probably pitching something different. Different. I'm thinking that number is 28 points, and I don't know uh, what you think about that. But I think if you can score 28 points, uh, you have a really good chance of coming away with this game. The Raiders are the best team that Roswell's faced so far. Um, if they get, uh, the question is, how do they get to 28 points? I think, like I said, the game uh, is going to come down with the Walton defense versus the Roswell offense. But I think the premier matchups is going to be the boundaries between Walton and Roswell. So that's Walton defensive backs versus Roswell receivers and Walton receivers versus Roswell defensive backs. Roswell's got some great defensive linemen and linebackers that have really shut out the run the last few weeks getting TFLs and Holding the opponents, I don't think they've allowed 20 points in a game this season yet. So they're going to make the quarterback throw, whoever that may be for the Raiders. Um, And I think the Raider receivers are going to have to step up and make some big plays. So this is kind of the portion where I wanted to break down some of the Raider receivers for everyone. And let's start with Stone McKnight. Stone McKnight transfer uh, into the program this year. Coming to Walton, he's balled out so far uh, in his young career for the Raiders. Um, I know he had a good career over at Hillgrove, but I think he's five touchdowns on the season now through four games. Could be four or five. But I really like what I've seen from him. Um, He's been a great – I thought he was possession guy coming into the year, but he's actually kind of been – not the opposite to me, but he surprised me uh, after the catch. He's adjusted the balls really well, and uh, I don't think they could be more pleased with the start he's had.
1: Yeah, Stone McKnight, definitely. He has great a great frame, and he's a, he's honestly a miss, mismatch uh, nightmare for a lot of teams. Uh, he's a he's a matchup problem. He's got good size, good speed. He can stretch the field vertically, which is, like you said, maybe something people didn't expect. Because I mean, he's not a true tight end, but he's also not a wide receiver, a true wide receiver. I feel like he's kind of a hybrid, and it's so dangerous when you have one of those guys because they create a mismatch problem, and and he's. You know, like you said, five touchdowns on the year, but I thought I think he's been very efficient so far through the season. Mm-hmm. Feels like every time he's targeted, he either comes down with a catch or it's a near catch. Um, You know, and he, he's a guy that if you need a, a reliable, you know, deep shot, you can always look for Stone McKnight to be there. And he has a knack for for being in the right area at the right time. He can go up and get it. So you know, guys, he's gonna have to step up in this game because we know Roswell's a really talented team, but. You know, so far I've been very, very impressed with Stone McKnight. I think he's been a great addition. You know, with the loss of Pierce Sterling, you know, adding Stone McKnight has been has been really helpful for for these quarterbacks.
0: Uh yeah, Stun's been great so far. Uh I really I really think the team is super happy to have him. Um we also have Ross McNeil. Everyone knows um about Rawson. He's been in the program for two years so far. Um He's got offers Iowa State and Charlotte. He's a really good player. He's on the boundary. But to me, this game comes down, I think it comes down to some big, not trick plays, but, you know, some nice little sprint out stuff. Uh, I think Nick Hester and Nate Lyons are going to be big targets in this game, get some underneath stuff, because I think Roswell is too good with their pass rush to let you sit in the pocket and wait for uh, people to come open deep. Um, So I think they go underneath. I think there's going to come down to a few key plays uh, in the game like we already said.
1: Yeah, definitely. It feels like Walton every single week has something up their sleeves to, you know, try and pull out. But, you know, I think this game comes down to maybe a a late turnover, maybe a big time catch. You know, we've seen, you know, Nate Lyons make some circus catches this season. Ross and McNeil's had some really clutch catches. I think something like that happens in this game um, that maybe helps Walton pull away a little bit at the end or, or secure a victory. So, and that's something I'm looking for. I think, like you said, it's going to be a great game. I think these two teams match up well, both very solid teams. And, you know, definitely the, the best team Roswell has faced this season. Um, and it's going to be a test for Walton, too. They've had, you know, they've, they've played more games, and they've had a couple uh, harder tests this season. So I think Walton may have the edge and experience this season. Um, and, you know, I like Walton's chances this, this game. And I, I think they uh, have a really good chance to beat a, a good Roswell team.
0: I think that uh, the big thing, you know, if you're sitting there watching the game on Friday, you're thinking, I think one team is going to come out swinging. Um, I don't know who it's going to be, but I feel like someone is going to take an early you know, two-score lead, something 10-0, 14-0. But I also think the other team is going to come back. These are two teams that uh, are they are really good and for a different number of reasons. Roswell has played great. Uh, throughout the year and uh, Walton's been in some uh, some back and forth games so I think one team's going to get punched in the mouth pretty early when they come out but I think these two teams are so evenly matched that um, one of them ends up coming back I referenced it a little bit Walton defense versus the Roswell offense if you were going to give the defense two or three keys uh, trip what do you think they are?
1: Well, you know, maybe cliche, but I feel like every week it's kind of the same thing. I think the linebacking play has been really good, but I think it can be a little bit better. I think, you know, you want to, if you're going to, you know, dial up a couple of blitzes, I think these linebackers have an opportunity to get to the quarterback. I think they've done a good job. So I would say linebacking core needs to be good. I would say D-line needs to get uh, heavy pressure because this is a a balanced offense. You want to throw them off balance, You know, whether that means you want to run or force them to pass, you want to make them more one-dimensional. So I would say make one-dimensional and, and whether that's through the, the defensive line or the secondary uh, stepping up. And then, you know, I think forcing a few turnovers that's big whenever you win the turnover battle, you're giving yourself a much better chance to win. So I think, you know, forcing a few turnovers, you know, this linebacking core stepping up even more and then making this quarterback uncomfortable is going to be you know, some, some really big keys for this game against Roswell.
0: If I had to put, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring there too. If I had to put, I'm going to put three keys uh, for Walton um, for the game. And they're pretty simple, but um, I think if you're able to get all three of these, you win. And if you're able to get two out of three, you at least have a late game lead. Number one, I think you had to win the turnover battle. Uh, If you're able to win the turnover battle, force more turnovers from them, then you give up. You put yourself in a really good scenario. Number two, win the penalties. Penalties, penalties. Can hurt teams if you can them. They can really help you if you're um, drawing them. You know, can pick up first downs for you in key spots. Um, it can also demoralize drives. Um, so if you're able to play disciplined football, not get many penalties, I think that doesn't that doesn't take away anything from the game from you. Um, you're just going out there and you're playing, and nothing has to come back for something that. Shouldn't really have been there. And then number three, time of possession. Roswell can put points on the board really quickly. So you need to keep the ball out of their hands, uh, reduce time on the clock. And uh, I think running the ball is going to be a big priority for the Raiders if they can see if they can get it going. So that was Trip Smith, everyone, my broadcasting partner on Raider Vision. Trip, thanks for coming on. I expect to see all of you at Roswell High School versus the Roswell Hornets tomorrow night at 730.